The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Right before the show, I get on Twitter. Uh oh. And uh, I see this interview pop up from Andy Katz with Jerome Tang. And I'm thinking, man, there's probably some information in here I'd really like to know. But it's not like, you know, I mean, we're, we're doing the show now. Right. It's not like I can just stop the show, take a 10 minute break, and watch this interview. <laughs> I would love to hear what they have to say because I'm guessing uh, old Coach Tang gives us a little bit more information about oh the roster, what he feels like his goals are right now when it comes to building the roster. You know, maybe a little bit more detail on when we can maybe know. I mean, I know we got some yesterday with his interview with D. Scott Fritchin. You know, maybe there's more information. Maybe there's stuff we could use on the show. Andy Katz, why couldn't we tweet this out 30 minutes earlier? It actually came out at 329 and didn't see it until now. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll take uh, I'll take the fall on that one. Listen, that's better than a lot of things that you could have found on Twitter at the last moment, my friend. Yeah, Hillary Duff is still a babe. You didn't realize that? I hadn't seen a picture of her in years. Okay. But we're pretty close to the same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Monica had watched what was the name of that show, um, with the where she was one of the uh, side characters. One in of the, the show. side characters she, in the show. She was she wasn't the lead. She was one of the supportings. Oh, I don't know and what that would be. Yeah, I know, and I, I get you. I'm just trying to think through what it. Well, now I got to look it basically, up. Basically, it was someone who was acting as if they oh, were younger. How I Met Your Father? No. I guess she would be the main in that. But, of course, I mean, she was in Lizzie McGuire, and she was the main in that. Um, everything I see here, like, was Younger. Like, Thank you, Brandon. Oh, Younger? Younger? Yeah, was the name of it. I have never heard of that show in my life. Monica got into watching that for a Younger. while. Mm-hmm. Sage, have you heard of Younger? No, I'm literally looking at it right now. I've never seen and that And you're before. hip and cool. Like, I, you if you I haven't am. seen it, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Monica got into binge watching that for a while, so. Oh, it was on TV Land. Well, no kidding. That's not what I expect to see on TV Land. I expect to see reruns of King of Queens. I expect to see reruns of Roseanne. Maybe some Frasier, Golden Girls, but not a new show called Younger. It didn't start. It's not there. a younger person's TV channel. Okay, yeah, I guess it did start on TV Land. I'll be dang. But she was watching it through. I think Netflix. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the game. I'm Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale and Sage Williams. Um, old David G is supposed to be here, and he is late. <laughs> I don't know where he is. So I'm going to send him a text and see if we can get him here. I know uh, he had to make a big change to his schedule, and we haven't really announced that. But basically, old David G it's going to be harder for him this summer to be on the show for Mondays and Fridays. 
Uh, but that has to do with his wife's work and watching the child and all that. Totally understand. But I appreciate him also working with us to set a schedule in stone. But uh, I don't know. Late again. That's three strikes. That means a home run. <laughs> Clearly, I haven't watched The Office enough. Oh. All right, we're off to a good start. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so coming up on the show, second hour, we're going to get into uh, what I know K-State fans are going to love to hear. It's exactly what you want to hear, and that is K-State football and Big 12 betting odds for a Big 12 champion and also had another one come out about an hour ago, and that is the win total over-under coming from a betting service as well. And again, K-State fans, you're going to love every word I have to say at 510 about it. It's exactly what you're going to want to hear. It's exactly what you expect. All the praise in the world for the Cats. Also coming up here later this hour, my top 10 list. But first I want to start out with kind of branching off what we talked about this time yesterday. Antoine Davis does not pick K-State. He's going back home to Detroit Mercy. Have you had enough time to grieve? Have you now let it settle and you've gotten over the fact that he's not going to be a Wildcat for one season? I have. Sage has. She's done grieving. I'm done grieving. And it's time to move on. Now, also in a way, I've said it before on the show, especially when John Kurtz was the host, through my life I've paid very little attention to recruiting because I feel like we, we it's been a lot of the same story for a lot of years. Um, there's typically a lot of disappointment but also, I mean there's some wins in there as well and it's you know I think there's too much praise that's put into star ratings and how oh. good somebody has been in high school when they're a three star and a lot of people don't live up to the potential and sometimes you find a lot of surprises in walk-ons it, it, it remains the same old same old it's a crapshoot but I think the transfer portal has really changed how much of course I pay attention to the recruiting process to me, now it has gotten a lot more interesting. Now, I know it's a lot harder of a job now for coaches, not only to go find guys year after year, but also just keep guys around and make sure they don't leave. Keep guys happy, do what you got to do, whatever, to keep certain individuals on your team and make your job a lot easier and have a better idea of what you have coming into the next year. But with that, I'm sure the first people to move on and get ready for the next step in this recruiting cycle is Jerome Tang and his coaches, his staff, as they continue to look for future Wildcats. They still have six scholarships open. It wasn't like they waited for two weeks for Antoine Davis to make his decision and then they continue on with the process. No, they've been continuing on, going to work, talking mm -hmm. to guys, and trying to have at least what you would call maybe a plan B to what would be if... Antoine Davis didn't pick the Cats, which he didn't. And so basically where I want to go after this now, after talking to Antoine Davis, and that is who's going to be next when it comes to the big board and who's going to be next when it comes to who is going to be that guy they pay attention to and who should be that next guy that hopefully will be the next commitment or soon to be a commitment for K-State, fingers crossed, now, Antoine Davis, to me, was a guy that doesn't come around every day. A very special talent who just happened to go to a much smaller school below his potential, in my opinion, and he decided to stay there. Very odd thing. That is not going to happen every day. 
But who I do have when it comes to K-State's maybe new number one guard to go after is a guy that, uh, again, is above average talent, in my opinion, in certain areas, but maybe does come around a little bit more often than uh, in Antoine Davis, and that is Emoja Gibson. Now, heck, we've seen Jeff Mitty already pick up a couple of Oklahoma Sooners and bringing them to Manhattan, Kansas. Maybe Jerome Tang can get into that business as well. Now, 6-1, grad transfer from Oklahoma. This would actually be his upcoming year. This is his sixth year of college basketball. Now, the reason I feel that he should be the next number one when it comes to the guard position, because exactly what K-State needs, needs another guard, and certainly one that can score the basketball, be a, a, a scoring leader next to um, Marquise Noel. I think Emoji Gibson would be a great person to fill that spot. 6-1 guard from Waco, Texas. That's another thing. Has K-State basketball had very many guys at all come from a Big 12 town to Manhattan? I can't think of too many, really any at all. Right. Now, football-wise, you can. I mean, just like at Lawrence, you know, Echo Boydo is a great example. But he spent two years at Oklahoma, three years at North Texas. So there is ding, 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 number one. Hopefully it works out with the conversation. Jareen Dowling coached Emoja Gibson for three years. Now, last year with the Sooners, he started all 35 games. So he stayed healthy throughout the year, as far as we know. And he averaged 13.3 points a game to go along with two rebounds, an assist and a half, a steal and a half, in 32 minutes a game. Pretty decent numbers. Now, he also, and this is what I really like about him, because remember what K-State's trying to replace right now, 39% from three-point range. That's a solid clip. Now, that's not Nigel Pack numbers. But then again, not many people could reach what Nigel Pack was doing last year. Kind of rare. He was on a record pace. Insane race. Pace, rather. But 39% is pretty good. And he's a great free throw shooter. That's something he actually worked on. He's gotten much better at throughout his career is free throw shooting. 87% last year. So you know he's going to score the basketball. Now, this is where he's been most consistent through his career is three-point shooting. This is what I like about him. Because throughout his career, he has been, what I mentioned earlier, 39% last year. He has been a 39% three-point shooter throughout his career. Go back to his uh, short time at North Texas as a Sooner. Now, not this last year, but the year before, did take a step back when it comes to just scoring in his numbers overall, but he got much better this past season. That is what you're looking for if you're Coach Tang, somebody who's played a lot of basketball, who's been a consistent scorer from three-point range. Heck, great example, what happened last year this past season in Manhattan? I say it like last year's a long time ago. This is just a couple of months ago, so I'm sure a lot of people might remember this, and that was the game that took place here in town, and old Emoja Gibson goes off for 29 points, mm-hmm. and he made 7 of 12 from three-point range, and it's not like, you know, game in and game out, he just goes on a tear. That's not exactly what he does. That was certainly a great game for him. That was the second-best scoring game last year. But it, it seems like when he does have a bad game, he'll come back and have a great game for you. 
Like, he's not going to consistently have off and on days. He doesn't let it bother him like a cornerback, essentially. Second most points he had last year was those 29 points. And he made 92 threes last year. When you think of who was the best in three-point shooting last year in the Big 12, you think of a Jayhawk, who's going to remain nameless, and then Nigel Pack. But third on the list was Emoji Gibson. And that's not even the best total he had in his career. He had 99 in his first full year at North Texas. So Dream Dowling has seen this kid be an absolute flamethrower from three-point range. He has cleaned up his turnovers over his career, which last year was 1.7 per game, which is among the best when it comes to guard play. Last year, he's done much better than that, and he's just he's played a ton. He's played in 128 games, so he has a ton of experience. Now, I, I can't really speak a whole lot from, you know, defensively. I saw him playing Manhattan, of course. Um, but uh, other than that, you know, maybe D.Y. will have more on that tomorrow. And that's exactly, I mean, we're going to talk a lot to D.Y. tomorrow right. about K-State recruiting and, you know, get maybe a little bit of a better insight on, you know, where is Emoji Gibson right now when it talks when he's talking to K-State? You know, is he going to be in Manhattan soon? Will he be coming to town? You know, I would hope so that Emoji Gibson and Dream Dowling still have a good connection, still have a relationship. But I think that's the next best step, the next best player. You don't get Antoine Davis, go get Emoji Gibson. Still one year of eligibility remaining. Of course, didn't score the numbers that Antoine Davis did, but it's a great first step, a great first-year guy that could still do what you ask him to do. And I think that would be a great addition to K-State Hoops. Is it going to happen? Don't know yet. Still maybe a little ways. I know Emoji Gibson, I mean, we're probably, when's the deadline? Because I know he's put his name in the uh, NBA draft process the expectation is that he's going to withdraw his name. I don't remember exactly what day that is, either June 1st. I, th- I think it's June 1st or July 1st. I believe you're right on it, June 1st. But uh, so, you know, we might have to wait. But I don't think anybody's going to complain if Emoji Gibson is going to be a cat. June 13th. Oh, June 13th. Okay. So I don't know where I got June 1st from, but well, June 13th, hey, over a month away. You, you get 50% credit. You got June. Oh. Well, I did throw July out there. But hey, June thirteenth falls in the middle, right? Kind of. Of uh, there you go. June first and July first. I'll take a you know I'll take somewhat of a W. That's more like a uh, you know when I was in school, if I got a C, I felt pretty good about that because you know I didn't study. <laughs> I was not a studier. If I got a C and I gained all that knowledge just by maybe taking a few notes and uh, paying attention in class, not putting my head down, I got a C. Hey, kind of that is a win. These get degrees, right? There as long you as you're go. not transferring. I don't think those credits will uh, transfer if you're getting Ds. All right. Let's take a timeout. Still to come in hour two of the game. Big 12 championship betting odds. Big 12 team win total over and over-unders out as well. I know you're going to love that. But coming up next, we got to get to my top ten list of the week. That's next. I recognize this song, but I can't 
Short skirt, long jacket by cake. It's good to know that we've got a producer who enjoys cake as much as I do. I'm more of an ice cream guy. Yeah, well. It's another group that I would like to see in concert. If Sage wasn't on the phone, I would expect her to hit the hey now button after that one. Dad joke alert. Dad joke alert. Oh, yeah, that one, too. So that was actually invented for, you remember Tyler Dreiling? I know Tyler. Or know of Tyler Dreiling? Yeah, yeah, know of, yes. He was the king of dad jokes while he was on the show, and (laughs) John came up with the uh, good old idea of coming up with a dad joke alert button that I would hit once uh, he he lets one rip. Um, so, a uh, shout out to my group text here, who has watched the Andy Katz interview that I mentioned in the previous segment with KSA head basketball coach Jerome Tang, and kind of hit some of the clip notes here, saying, and I'll, you know, I'll, I, I'm not going to drop any names on who exactly watched this, because I've never asked the people if I could say, hey, you're in this group text that has been mentioned a thousand times on this show, <laughs> um, but uh, basically said, yes, yeah, seven official on the roster. There's going to be an eighth announcing soon, but we don't know okay. exactly when. We don't know exactly who that is. We could throw some assumptions out there. It won't be Emoji Gibson, by the way. It won't be him. We know that, um, because he's still in the NBA draft process. Uh, let's see here. I mean, that's um, here's a quote. I can't tell you, I'm not a little, I'm not a little apprehensive about being in this situation right now. But I believe when August rolls around, we'll have a full roster and one that's going to be competitive. So I guess now August is the. Uh, the goal. It's a great point, though, because he absolutely should be apprehensive. And the flaw to that thinking is that, of course, you're going to be working hard, working hard, working hard, and you almost burn yourself out before you even get to the point of practicing to start the season. But absolutely, right at this point where you're trying to put together a roster almost from scratch, almost completely from scratch, and it's your program for the first time, you are going to be apprehensive. There, there, there's going to be a lot of trepidation on your part uh, because, you know, you're, you're concerned that you're making sure that everything is right with the guys that you're bringing in. You're worried about making sure that you are getting the right reads on guys. And you're dealing with things that you've not dealt with before, even as an assistant. You're learning some of the things that go with being a head coach that you've not been, per se, uh, maybe you've been informed of. But once you're getting that experience, it's another it's another thing altogether. And so trepidation, uh, anxiety, not surprised at that from coach. That's... That, that's in perfectly in line. I mean, if we want to continue with the word apprehensive, which, yes, I, I agree with that for sure, that I, I don't blame him for having that feeling at all. I think we've all been apprehensive mm-hmm. when it comes to, especially with, I would say, the buildup to the Antoine Davis announcement. I think we all had a hint at some point or another of apprehensiveness, if that's, is that a word, apprehensiveness? Yes. Is that an extension that, that's I good. use? No, you're good. Okay. And uh, that I, I certainly felt that way. 
mm-hmm. because of the clues we started getting that maybe it's not going to be K-State, it might be BYU, and then it turns out to be Detroit Mercy? Absolutely. The thing is, Coach, if you're listening right now, here's the deal. We're all, uh, you know, we all are on pins and needles every day. Who's going to be the next cat? Who's, who's Coach Tang going to get next? You know, I, I think no matter who you get, Coach, I think we're all going to be very supportive for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some I'm more excited than others. But, uh, I mean, like Dexter Dennis. If it happens to be Dexter Dennis from Wichita State, again, I'm not the highest on him, but there's potential. And I think what we all believe in, Coach, is that you have the ability to take these average, maybe above-average guys and turn them into better players. And you're doing the damnedest you can, the best you can, to put together a team in the craziest recruiting cycle we've ever seen under the craziest of circumstances. I think we understand. One of the things that has to be in the minds of fans, though, the deeper we get into this, and that is if this team doesn't come out gangbusters at the start of the season, there better be some room for breathing. Fans better not be all uptight right away because it could take time to develop this team. When you are looking at having to replace the number of guys on a roster, there's going to be a lot of learning that takes place. And that's not just with new coaching in place. That's just the different guys that are on a roster. You add in the fact that it is a new coaching staff. Guys will be looking at doing maybe some different things than what they've done in the past. And there's... I hate to say it, but I've almost gotten to the point where I dread it because I know that there will be a segment of fan that is immediately going to come out negative if this team, say, goes one and five at the start of the season. Yeah, so I've said it many times, you know, just kind of bounce off what you're saying. I mean, there hasn't been any negativity yet for what I've seen. Maybe some people that maybe weren't exactly happy about the hire. They wanted Brad Underwood or something, but I'm sure they're over it by now after that press conference. That was a game changer for sure. Mm-hmm. For those that maybe didn't believe, brought some people around. Um, but I've said it before. I mean, to me, it's not about year one. Year one is certainly establishing yourself and having a good year and building a team. But remember, all the guys, these all the empty spots he has to fill. Right. I think it's most important, you know, to have the best results year two and year three. Obviously, year one is a building year. Year two and year three is like, all right, we're established now. We know what it takes. We have uh, we've had a trial year of sorts mm-hmm. to uh, try to figure things out, try to figure out this NIL transfer portal, new group of guys coaching together, year two and year three. That is the make or break for sure. And uh, certainly the make or break of what K-State fans will feel like, all right, was this a good hire or not? But, of course, that's a long way to come. And when it comes to the recruiting and who maybe that potential eighth guy will be, I'm sure that will be a big talking point tomorrow when we have Derek Young from K-State in the line, of course, Wednesdays with DY, that's a big time as we talk recruiting. And what's going on during the off-seasons with K-State Sports. But right now, I do want to get to my top ten list. Actually, Sage, we'll do this. We'll take a break. When we come back, my top ten list is next. Well, this song is a hint on what my top 10 list is today, but it's kind of the opposite. Blondie is a is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
I got to do it. I, I I talked about it last week. You know, I get fired up when I see a band up for vote on the fan vote to get into the Hall of Fame, and they like get in the top five or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they don't get enough votes because Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's just face it; it's a music Hall of Fame. You know, the best of the best get in, but you know, hard rock and heavy metal certainly they don't get the same or the right amount of attention as some other genres do get, even though they were. Trailblazers. Yacht Rock makes it somehow, and heavy metal doesn't. It's not like it wasn't good music. It just, I, it's just different. Rock and roll. It's a different style. Heavy metal used to be very popular. Very popular. Maybe not today as much. Depends on, on are you talking hair metal, heavy metal, or are you talking... I'm talking different kinds of metal. I'm talking Pantera. I'm um, talking Motley Crue. Black Sabbath. Metallica, man, that's a whole bunch of different yep. kinds of metal I just mentioned, and they're all, at their time, extremely popular. Metallica is still very popular. And if I played a couple of notes of Walk by Pantera, I think a lot of people know exactly what song I'm playing. My top- I, I don't think of Pantera right out of the box, but okay. I mean, when they, the thing is, they blew up when metal was kind of fading out. Right. There in the uh, early 90s. Right. Grunge. Grunge, yes. That was the big reason grunge was taken over. It was easier to wear flannel than it was to do our hair, okay? I mean. And then Metallica cut their hair. Yes. And that was. And that freaked everybody out. Yeah, it got weird. It got weird all of a sudden. (laughs) All right. My top 10 list this week the bands and artists that surprised me that are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'll warn you, there is a decent amount of hard rock and heavy metal in there. Number 10. But we start with... I don't know why it sounds weird, or if it just sounds weird to us. But there it is. The Smiths. So the Smiths, I mean, I won't get too much into them, but they are definitely pioneers of the Britpop explosion there in the 80s. I kind of consider them like a cult-following type of band. And, man, were they praised in the 80s for the work they did. The flaw is is that the longer that Morrissey opens his mouth, the less chance they're going to get into the Hall of Fame. Is that what's going on there? Yeah, he's... uh, I know they've been nominated before, but didn't get in. He's Elon Musk levels of frustrating and annoying. One critic said the Smiths are the band that inspired deeper devotion than any British group since the Beatles. Yeah. And I also noticed, like, on Spotify, or, like, if you put together... I I read an article about this. If you put together, like, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music, like, they get, like, 700,000 listens a day. Yeah. That's a ton. Yeah. That's a lot of people listening to the Smiths around the world. Number nine. (laughs) So, bear with me for, for this one. Ozzy is technically in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but as a member of Black Sabbath, I think he absolutely deserves to be in as a solo artist. Why the... How is he not in as a solo artist? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was crazy successful as a solo artist. I don't know the numbers, but I would imagine when it comes to airplay that he did do better than actually Black Sabbath. But also, also consider the guitarist he had. Oh, 
I mean, he had two of the who would, people would consider as the best guitarists of all time. Randy Rhodes and Zach Wilde. Zach Wilde's still around. Randy Rhodes died very early mm-hmm. in his life, and he was just getting started. All right. Number eight. If there was one group that should be considered for one song and what they were able to do with it, it to me would be The Runaways with Cherry Bomb. I mean, you got Joan Jett, Lita Ford, Shuri Curry, Sandy West, Jack Fox, Jackie Fox, but I heard they called her Jack. That's a lie. I just messed up the name. But of course, they paved the way. Here's the thing. I think the Go-Go's got a lot of credit for being like the first female band to play all their instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe the Runaways actually came around first. I think they were a few years ahead of the Go-Go's. Oh, yeah, they were. Yeah. But also, they were considered, in a way, punk. They were new wave. And I think they did glam metal before a lot of glam metal was around. But that's just my opinion. Runaways were 75 to 79 as a group. See, they weren't, yes, they weren't around very long. No. They broke up. They had their issues. Sheree Curry right. was Drugs. a bit of a mess. You've read her book? No, oh, I'm not. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great look into their entire, uh, entire ethos and what they went through as a group just trying to get on stage but of course they, i mean they were teenagers go-go's were a 78 by the way in terms of formation so number seven yes you're hearing this right boston is not in the rock and roll hall of fame i ha- I, I couldn't figure out why but it blows my mind is it i mean are they Worried about why Brad Delp took his own life. Like, I don't understand how Boston is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They had one of the best debut albums of all time. Boston went 17 times platinum. Do you have an answer for me, Troy? Sage? I don't. It can't be the reason that you said taking his life because Nirvana is in the Rock and Roll Hall Well, that's thing. true. So... Yeah, let, let's not go there with Cobain, all right? Um, oh, he... Oof. Wow. He's going um, the other direction. Yeah. Um, I've entertained a, both thoughts. Yeah, I... Oh, God. I have no clue why Boston would not be in. I mean, honestly, uh, is, is it a matter of just technical prowess maybe i but the but kiss is in i mean yes. so technical prowess isn't exactly kiss's uh, forte number six yeah another shocker right yeah share is not in the rock and roll hall of fame if I could turn back time, she should be in just for I this video alone <laughs> oh on the uh on the is it the navy ship yeah Sage? Cher's not rock, though. Uh, did you hear that guitar riff in there? I mean, yeah, but is she technically a rock artist? I'm just saying, you well, guys were bagging again. on on rock, non-rock artists being in rock. Th- this is someone I, who I has never. Don't, this but... is someone who never has seen the Sunny and Cher variety show. Apparently, yeah. she she could do a little of anything. Um, 
I'll look up the clip. There is a clip from one of their episodes where it's her and the Osmonds singing ABC by the Jackson 5. Well, yeah, I'm not saying she's, like, can't do it. I'm just saying that's not her main genre. I mean, yeah, pop, pop, rock, whatever. Yeah. It's dance now. It's worse have gotten in. Yeah. Well, I mean, sir, if you look at her, old, her newer stuff, yes. Yeah, if, it's, uh, if, if you look at her early stuff, though, they definitely rock. Definitely 60s era rock. Number five. How about this? Sage is like, this is not rock, but it's George Michael. Yeah. I, I, it, not Wham. I'm just going George Michael. You, you bring you up George throw. Michael, and he's going to hit with careless whisper every time. Yes, absolutely. I mean, wake me up for, before you go, go. You know, that slaps as well, but uh, nothing uh, like that saxophone coming right in there. And uh, you know, I'm going with Faith. I'm going with. Uh, I think Faith is kind of monkey. I'm going with. Uh, I want your sex. You know, I'm going with. No, 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 no. Those are George Michael songs. Careless whisper is a banger. It's a great song. Usually, all the songs are about finding your love. Now, this is about cheating on your love. It's a little risky. Points taken off for uh, this Christmas. And uh, <laughs> and George Michael was like 16 when he wrote this song. Oh, man. He was really young when so, he... So, in other words, a, a mopey teen angst cheating on your girlfriend song. Perfect. Like, again, this is my top 10 list of the bands and artists I'm surprised that are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right, now we get heavier once again. Number four. This might be the most underrated hard rock heavy metal band of all time in Motorhead. Sage loves Motorhead. I love Motorhead. Lemmy is one of the more iconic voices in, in metal. And if you ask his peers, oh. they all have Motorhead on their list mm-hmm. of the bands that should get in. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, Ace of Spades isn't their only great song. Just some we can't play on air. <laughs> Most we can't play on air. <laughs> Number three. You should all know who this is by now. Iron Maiden. One of the best-selling hard rock heavy metal bands of all time. Close to 100 million albums worldwide. I did see Iron Maiden one time, and they were not very good. But this was maybe five years ago, and Bruce Dickinson was not having a good night. Ah. And I know he likes arenas warm Uh when he performs to help the vocals, but that didn't help that night. But you can't deny the discography and the success of Iron Maiden. And again, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame loves to snub metal. I wish we could play the whole thing. I wish we could play the whole thing, but we got to move on. Number two. To me, the greatest voice in metal history, Ronnie James Dio. The man who takes credit for uh, inventing the horns up, if you know what I mean. It's actually his grandma. 
His grandma started doing that, and he he took it. He was the first to do it on stage. And by the way, he also successfully fronted Rainbow. I mean, Man on the Silver Mountain is one of my favorite songs of all time. And uh, he also fronted Black Sabbath, which, by the way, he was not invited to that ceremony back in the day. I think he was still alive when uh, when Sabbath went in, and he was with Sabbath Sabbath after uh, Ozzy, Heaven and Hell. They actually kind of renamed the band at the time when he was the front man. But finally, we go to number one. Number one. And you can probably guess where I'm going. Motley Crue, who was the best band in the hair era. And it makes me sick that it's going to be Def Leppard headlining the stadium tour instead of Motley Crue. Motley Crue is an 11 p.m. band. Def Leppard is not. Def Leppard goes on at 7. You put Motley Crue on at 9.30. Or whatever. 7.30, 9.30. Motley Crue's the headliner. The problem is is that we're getting older. They probably belong in that 7.30 slot, but everybody else needs to be bumped up into the afternoon. Well, the show starts at like 4.30. <laughs> like, they're going to put Joan Jett on at like 4.30 or 5 o'clock. Unless they have an opener for all four of those, and then Poison will go on after Joan. Yeah. I th- also, another thing, I think yeah. they should open with Poison. Thank you. And then go Joan Jett. Joan Jett, yep. Anyway, Motley Crue, it's a shit. Now, I know... I, I, Honestly, out of that group, Def Leppard's the one I want to see the least. And I've seen all four. I have, I've seen Joan Jett perform at WrestleMania. I've seen Motley Crue. I've not seen Def Leppard. I've never seen Brett Michaels or Poison. Poison in Greeley a few years ago. Joan Jett in my senior year in high school in Topeka. Motley Crue and Def Leppard both at Bramlage. Oh, okay. It's too bad Metallica didn't get their show in Bramlage. Right. Oh, man. They ended up canceling that one, right? Because they didn't sell enough tickets. That's like the story. Yes. That's a shame. Because I'm sure it was around the time, I'm sure it's either around or post Master of Puppets, and it was probably pre-Black Album. So that was like, that was a really good time to see him. Mm-hmm. Because you're not having to deal with commercial Metallica too much. Right. You're dealing with raw, heavy, kick-your-butt Metallica. All right, I do have some honorable mentions I did want to share as well. Uh, Cindy Lauper is not in the Rock Hall. Soundgarden, The Grassroots. Grassroots almost made my top ten. The Turtles. Uh, Diana Ross as a solo artist, because she's in with the Supremes. Mm-hmm. Huey Lewis in the News. They'll get in someday, but they're not in yet. America. I think they should definitely mm, be yeah. in. Peter Frampton. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Eddie Money. Mm, yeah. Now, I know a lot of people are not going to like this, but Snoop Dogg should definitely be in with the company that's already in, for sure. Um, no doubt. Because you're talking about like punk, ska type of music, mm-hmm. and we know what Gwen Stefani has turned into. Right. 
and uh, I'm Just a Girl is a fantastic song, as long, along with a lot of other No Doubt um, songs. And I, I tell you what, I think I think No Doubt is the first band I've ever seen, at least the earliest, that has been fronted by a female to get the fans to mosh or do a circle pits. And then finally, uh, I'll throw an outcast. I'll throw an outcast there in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's go in and get out of here because we got to wrap up hour one. We got to take our last break, and that's going to take us to the top of the hour. Uh, but uh, coming up next, top of the second hour, Big 12 Championship betting odds are out. You're going to love it, K State fans. It's exactly what you expect. It's the words you want to hear. Plus, coming up, uh, a second NFL team being added in Dallas. Yeah. It's insane to me. Number one song of the day is coming up. Ask us anything. Troy, Sage, and I are going to bring you hour two, and that's coming up next here on The Game. <laughs> 